Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in today to hear my conversation with Abby Shipley from Seymour Healing. She is such a gem. I love talking to her. We had so much fun. There are so many important things in this episode, so you may want to grab a pen and paper or the notes section of your phone, take some notes. You can rewind, you can play again. She is full of so much knowledge and shares so much with us in this episode. There is nothing we left off the table. We talk about enemas, we talk about vaccines, and we talk about detoxing and pregnancy and postpartum and all the things. So she is such an awesome resource for you guys. Definitely suggest go follow her on Instagram and connect with her. If you're local, go see her. She has so much to offer everybody and make everybody feel so much better than they're feeling. So without further ado, let's get started. Hi, Abby. How are you today? How are you? Good. Good. Um, Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I'm so happy to have you. I'm Um, talking to you. This is really cool. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So Let's give everybody a little bit of an introduction of who you are and how you got into what you're doing now and how you started Seymour Healing and your background. Well, my name's Abby. I'm 32 years old. I'm married to my husband, Ben, and we have three daughters. I named Seymour Healing Seymour Healing because um, in high school, my dad always said that everything I see, I want more of. And he was teasing me. So my nickname became Seymour. And I really wanted to see more people heal. So I'm a holistic health practitioner. And my main modality of helping people get better is using nutrition response testing, which is a form of applied kinesiology for the autonomic nervous system. And just like the name autonomic, it controls everything automatic that happens in your body. So when we start to experience symptoms, which some people say normal, but really they're not normal, Mm -hmm. that's because there's some type of dysfunction and stress happening in the autonomic system, and it can build over time. Um, I help people with chronic Lyme, hormone autism, ADD, anxiety, digestive disorders, and I even see a handful of people with cancer that want to combine both holistic and modern medical with treatment. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, I really like it. Every day is different, and it's really exciting, and some people definitely, like, pull on my emotions because I can absolutely commiserate with everything they're going through, and I also mm-hmm. wish that it could be really quick and that we could just take a magic pill. But a lot of times it takes quite a long time because it takes a long time to get sick. Yeah. Yeah. It's an overtime, over the time period process because it's what you're putting in your body, your, um, your environment. It can be genetics too. I mean, there's so many things that have a, an effect on when you're feeling sick. Um, so yeah, and I think sometimes people want things to be really quick, like you you said, like yeah. it takes time to heal. So they do, and honestly, what I do is a little different. Like with the muscle testing, sometimes I explain it to people as I know it looks like magic, but it's actually science. And mm-hmm. when I do see people, there's quite a few where I'm one of the last people that like I'm like basically their last resort. So by that time, they're pretty frustrated frustrated and probably pretty sick yeah and very um 
you know, like what else, what else am I going to be able to do? How can yeah. I help myself? Yeah. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about like how you got into like what, what your experience was, um, with like how you got into, into treating people this way? Absolutely. Well, I always love, and I always loved science mm-hmm. and I wanted to, do something. I always said to my mom and dad that I want to have a job where I go to and I like, I don't want to just be pushing through or waiting for the week. Even I never worried about making money. Honestly, I just wanted to be comfortable and happy. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I just get that right out of high school that I wanted to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. Then when I started my science classes and I was doing nursing assistant, I figured, well, with a nurse, I'm really not going to be able to do as much as I want to. I want to take it a step further, and I want to go to physician's assistant school. So I have a major in public health, and then I was taking all my extra science courses and doing a lot of cool internships, and I really felt like that set me up for where I am now. Mm -hmm. I never really thought of anything holistic, but I did take an alternative health course, and I was like, wow, this is awesome. And then I feel like God was guiding me because I didn't realize being in college and only being in my early 20s that I was on multiple medications. And then my senior year of college, I would wake up and I would feel fog in my head. And by the time that I was done my classes, I had a migraine and then I wouldn't be in bed and stopped getting my period. And then I gained 20 pounds out of nowhere. And I was like, oh, maybe I should go to the doctor. So I went and they said, oh, I think you have Lyme. I tested positive for Lyme. They told me, take some doxycycline for a month, and then you're going to be fine. So I did that, and nothing got better. It got worse. So then the migraines got worse, and I pretty much couldn't function. And I went to a neurologist, and they just said, you have migraine syndrome. And, you know. (laughs) That's not helpful. Right? Like, basically, it's a statement saying, you have migraines every day. We don't know why. So you're going to take pain medication your whole life and it's going to stop working. So then we're going to have to increase it and increase it. Also, you're not going to be able to get pregnant on this medicine. So, and I was in my twenties, I was in a serious relationship and I was like, oh yeah, none of this sounds good. Yeah. I have a lot of life left to live. Like that's not going to work for me. (laughs) Yeah. And it's weird because all I ever knew was medicine. So you would think I'd be like, yeah, sure. Give me the medicine. Right. Yeah. I then decided. But when you feel that sick, it's kind of like, no, there has to be another, there has got to be something else I can do. Yeah. It was, I just, I don't know, like a light bulb went off like this. Yeah. Not right. So I was. That was your like little aha moment, Abby. Like, okay, now it's time. Let's figure this out. And that's where I really think like God had a lot to do with setting Mm -hmm. things. But, and really when people go through things, I think it makes them better at being able to help other people because they, yes. they know what it feels like. And yep. I did my interview at a functional medicine office. And then right away, I knew I definitely wanted to do that. I went off birth control. I went off Adderall. Um, I think I was like on anxiety medication. And I used to take Excedra migraine every day. And then I re- really haven't touched medicine since then. And I wow, was that's awesome. three and now I'm 32. So I just felt like every time I was then putting that into my body, I was hurting myself. Yeah. Um, then yeah. I got really sick again. So I basically healed uh, when I was 24. 
Mm-hmm. And then I still was definitely like my husband and I were dating. We were doing things that we thought were healthy, but in the scheme of things, I was definitely not treating my body the way I should have. Yeah. Yeah. I was told I had PCOS. I needed to take Clomid to get pregnant. And oh, gosh. Oh, gosh. <laughs> a year later, I was surprised pregnant with my first daughter. And everything went really well until I got That's awesome. with my second daughter. And then I was pretty much bedridden. And they told oh. me the pregnancy. But it was my Lyme disease and it got reactivated. Oh, no. Because you were, like, pregnant is that, or because well, your just immune so system? When you have Lyme and you do antibiotics, but you don't really treat the root cause. So I thought, oh, cool. Like, I did a bunch of elimination diets when I w- once I went holistic. Mm-hmm. I was eating gluten-free and I was eating dairy-free, but at that point, I still hadn't recognized how high my toxic load was, how I had been regularly getting vaccinated, how I was using conventional toothpaste, conventional sunscreen, Mm. medics. I was still drinking and I thought like, oh yeah, we're good, but I really never addressed Lyme or parasite cleansing or heavy metal detoxing. So with Lyme and parasites, they actually feed off hormones. That's why so many of us have hormone imbalances, not because of all the, I mean, the endocrine disruptors everywhere don't help, but a lot of us who have some type of Lyme, Epstein-Barr, or parasitic component in our bodies. And when you're pregnant or breastfeeding, that's why women feel sick a lot of times because they don't realize that. And that's my toxic load was way too high. I got pregnant really close between babies, mm-hmm. not thinking twice about it. I had been long-term breastfeeding. I was totally depleted, and my pregnancy was a nightmare the entire 40 weeks. Oh, that's so tough. Was- and you had another baby to take care of that you can't ignore. <laughs> oh, no. It was so hard. My mom and my, <sighs> my mother-in-law helped me so much. I was vomiting on and off the whole time. And it's weird. Like, I would still try to exercise or try to eat well, but it just – nothing was working. And I thought, oh, this is just from the pregnancy because that's what my birth center told me. And then once I had the baby, I was still super sick. Yeah. So it was like a hormone imbalance. You're saying when you were sick during your pregnancy, it was the hormone imbalance, the Lyme, the parasites, the heavy metals, all of that just, like, kind of exploded. Now you're pregnant because – like it exploded because now you're pregnant and the baby's now taking any kind of anything that you would have been able to use to fight and keep those things at bay. So now they're just kind of like getting worse and worse. That is exactly what happened. And it's so sad too because I thought that because I exercised and because I ate gluten-free and dairy-free and that I was paid and I was going to do a natural birth that I was healthy for me and my baby. And I really was not at all. Yeah, because that's just one part of it. I mean, like you said, with the heavy metals and the, especially being young, younger like that, like being so close to your, when you were getting all those vaccines, like, um, all, like the, all the vaccines you get in childhood and stuff, like you yeah. had all of that to process still at that age, like, and then you had all the endocrine disruptors and all of that. And then the baby's back to back. It just was all working against your body. Absolutely. And it, and the, no amount of food or any like taking care of yourself would have helped that. It didn't you had to, to get to the root cause, like you said. Yeah. And even too, like I was doing all these, I did whole 30. I remember with my husband and 
I was the sickest I'd ever been. And I said, I've done elimination diets before. I don't really understand why I'm so sick. I guess this is some kind of detox reaction. And that's when I found a whole other component of oxalate and plant poison. Oh, gosh. Already super sick and you're super inflamed and your kidneys and your liver and your stomach aren't working in harmony with your body. And with Whole30, you're eating tons of kale and spinach and potatoes and sweet potatoes and all veggies, veggies, veggies. I was poisoning myself thinking. Oh, my goodness. Helping myself. Yeah. And I've heard, too, with like the specifically with kale and spinach, like when you actually do eat it in those that like when you're doing diets like that, you should actually cook it. Cooking does take out some of the plant poisons, especially um, there's a really wonderful woman who also is in public health. Her name's Sally Norton. Mm-hmm. She wrote a book called Toxic Superfoods because she had horrible pelvic pain and she really took a deep dive into oxalate. There, if you Google, there's so much conflicting information like, oh, this is low oxalate. No, it's high oxalate. But she had things like tested at a lab and she has this whole list that I give to clients when they do um, show all the signs of Mm -hmm. overload and you'll see on the list like with carrots for instance they're actually high even though I absolutely love carrots and I can them because I don't eat a lot of other oxalates but if you put carrots in soup and you boil them they're not as high okay kale and spinach are like always high but yeah when you cook them just like where people are super into raw vegan and they're saying, oh, when you eat it raw, you aren't taking the nutrients out. It does have more nutrients. It also has more plant poison. Right. Which, which one? <laughs> I'd rather not be poisoned. Yeah. I think. Um, so there's so much we could talk about here. I want to go back to, cause I think that people don't realize this and especially people specifically with pregnancy, um, especially people when they have their first baby and they feel like crap the whole pregnancy and they're like, am I going to feel like this the next pregnancy I have? Um, Aside from the fact that every pregnancy is pretty much different, like I'm just curious, like what were some things, like what are some signs um, maybe while you were pregnant and then like what are some things you did after – what are some signs you had while you were pregnant that kind of led you into that belief that you were basically poisoning yourself with those foods and those um, like that you needed the detox. And then like, how can people maybe how you can help people and how can, how can people take the, how can people heal themselves after that so that they're not feeling sick? Like I know for me, I was very sick my first 12 weeks of pregnancy and I would always be very sick while I was nursing, like nauseous, so nauseous nursing. And, um, I could never get out of that. Like I would have feel good sometimes and then not feel good other times. So like, what are some things basically, what are some things that people can do to help themselves not feel that sick? during pregnancy and after pregnancy? Okay, so as far as- Loaded question. (laughs) Yeah, I'll try to go and you let me know. Okay. With the nursing and feeling sick, that's definitely something with depletion. I feel like that would be something that is a sign your body needs some help. With being sick Hmm. for 12 weeks of pregnancy, with everything in nutrition, which is so annoying, everyone has conflicting opinions. Right. I personally feel like that's not bad. When 
there's a lot of pro-metabolic women who say that if you are sick during your first trimester, it's because you're so estrogen dominant and your liver's having a hard time processing all the estrogen because then it's spiking while you're pregnant and especially in the first trimester mm-hmm. and find that you're seated and that you're not healthy. What I've seen personally with my own babies and then also in my practice a lot, and I'm not saying that if you don't get sick, you're having a miscarriage, but most of the people that I see that have had miscarriages are not sick at all in their first trimester and then have the miscarriage. And then when they go to have another baby, they do get sick in their first trimester. I think we're sick because the hormones are going crazy, which is normal because we're pregnant. Right. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's just what I've seen. Yeah. And I, I don't think it should be extreme though. Like with my first pregnancy, when I had just gotten off an elimination diet, a liver detox, I found out I was pregnant. The second I found out I was pregnant, I cut drinking out, which I'm not going to lie. I used to drink a lot. So, and then I cut gluten and I cut dairy and I was working out four times a week. I was working a lot of jobs before I found out I was pregnant. I mm-hmm. cut jobs. So then I was cutting my stress and I felt amazing. Like I only felt like I had a mild hangover the first 12 weeks. It was no big deal. It was done. And then I felt great the rest of the pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Because I was so inflamed that when I cut that inflammation out, my body was like, oh, this is great. Yeah, you felt like you were on cloud nine. Yeah, and I think that <laughs> is pretty normal. Same thing with my third pregnancy, um, which then again, I also only had girls. I don't know what it's like to have a boy. Mm-hmm. But with – and I hear you get less sick with boys, but who knows? Um, I don't I, know. I was very sick <laughs> with Liam, but I definitely wasn't yeah. as sick with him as I was with my girls because I could function with him. With my girls, I, I couldn't even brush my teeth or oh. use scented soap. I mean, it was yes. terrible. Yes. And I remember that feeling. And I remember I, it is the worst feeling. Oh, it's terrible. And I, with Coral, my third baby, I detoxed like crazy. I did a heavy metal detoxes, lime detoxes, parasite detoxes. I was low oxalate, high protein. Before working- you had her. Yeah. And okay, before you I, got pregnant with her. Yeah. I was in like the best state of health ever. And I still got nauseous my 12 weeks. It wasn't debilitating like my second mm-hmm. was super toxic. So I feel like there's like a fine line mm-hmm. to prepare your body and to have the best experience and to have the most minimal sickness if you're going to have sickness. I feel like even at the bare minimum doing coffee enemas, which I know no one wants to stick anything up their butt and I get it. <laughs> It's little. It's so little. It's Let's really talk about little. it. Let's talk about it. Can you can you talk about yeah, the process of a absolutely. coffee enema? <laughs> I have to beg people to do a coffee I'm enema. I'm like so curious because I see your stuff on Instagram of like you <laughs> on the floor with the coffee enema. And I'm like, this I, just looks – my husband would be all <laughs> about that. For me, I'm like, eh, I don't know because I don't know. <laughs> Some guys think it's funny and they're like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. But women oh my gosh I have to like fight with them I have to beg them I tell them you're gonna save money on supplements you're gonna feel better faster and they're like nope nope never gonna do it and I get it I guess there's some kind of like taboo the first time I ever did it it was because I was researching Lyme like crazy once I realized that's why I was sick and it wasn't from the baby and coffee enemas have been around forever they're part of something called Gerson therapy which is actually a natural approach to cancer okay they do it at natural cancer institutes when you colon in your or when you stick coffee in your colon there is this really cool part of your colon that hits the 
hepatic portal, which basically means there's a part of the colon that goes into the liver. Um, then when that happens, your liver produces glutathione. Okay. And glutathione is the master antioxidant in the body. Antioxidant is everything anti-disease. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you sit coffee up your butt. You get to have that huge surge <laughs> glutathione and your liver can detox excess estrogen. You Parasites love hiding in the bile ducts of liver. People that are chronically constipated, I always find are loaded with parasites because the parasites release this chemical to their brain saying, you don't need to poop because oh pooping is how you get rid of me and I'm going to keep multiplying and making you super sick. So oh. the coffee, buy a bag of coffee, it lasts forever. You want to make sure it's mold-free, organic coffee, enema coffee. Yeah. Get a bucket. It's really not that expensive and you can use it and use it and use it. And you sterilize it with soap and water and a little bit of hydrogen peroxide. You do a cup of distilled water, then a cup of boiled coffee, strain the coffee, put some coconut oil on the nozzle, put the nozzle <laughs> in your butt, lay on the floor, listen to a podcast, go to the bathroom. You see all this crazy stuff come out of you and you're done. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to try it. <laughs> I've done that and colonics very consistently for probably three years because I did it before I got pregnant with coral. Then I stopped while I was pregnant with coral. And then I continued like a month postpartum. Mm-hmm. And I see- Oh, so you can do it while you're pregnant, like while you're nursing. Yes. Not so pregnant, I- but nursing. Anything that you're doing to detox through the colon or the gut is fine when you're nursing because it's going through the, you know- It's out- coming right out. And out through your colon. Mm-hmm. With sauna, foot baths, they're like kind of taboo. Castor oil packs, I feel completely comfortable with with breastfeeding. I say like that's up to the person. Okay. Sauna, same thing. Like I did incorporate that while nursing. With foot detoxes, that's more don't do that. With parasite cleanses, same thing. You can't really do that. You can take whole food things that work in the gut that decrease your load so that you're not absolutely loaded with it while you're nursing because mm-hmm. you have all the toxins to them too. Right. But you can't do anything hardcore. Okay. But stuff is fine. All right. So curious, what do you do for, like, can you do a coffee enema on a kid? I, I know it, it's popular for kids to be constipated. So, I mean, I, if they would sit there and do it, I mean, they probably wouldn't, but why not? I know tons of kids that are vaccine injured or that do seem to have even symptoms of ASD where they don't have any type of vaccines, but maybe the mom had a lot more toxins than she realized or the dad or the environment. And they're showing all these funky signs, you know, parasites get passed down. We share spouses, we share them with our kids. Mm -hmm. Then kids play with dirt and don't wash their hands. And then we just get more and more and more. And if you're constipated, you're not getting rid of any of them. And if you have low stomach acid, you're not burning up the eggs at the first sight of ingesting them. I know people that go to colonics where they're getting the constant flow of water up their rectum for children. And then a lot of children that do enemas at home. And I don't see why doing a coffee enema wouldn't would hurt a child if it's beneficial especially if you just use less coffee interesting i yeah I... my first daughter was vaccine injured and we 
she also had a lot of parasitic symptoms because I was so loaded when I was pregnant with her, not knowing. Mm -hmm. We have done um, colonics on her where she went and she was such a trooper and she knew that mommy and daddy and her Mimi and her pops all did colonics. So there was nothing to be scared of. And she let us insert the nozzle um, into her and water went up and we would talk about it and we would say, Oh, look at that stuff coming out of you. And then we just didn't keep her on the table as long. You can tell when you're detoxing because your cheeks turn really red mm-hmm. and never wanted her to be uncomfortable. And I know sometimes you get kind of like gassy or crampy and mm-hmm. she'd be like, uh, I'm all done. And I would be like, okay, a couple more minutes. And then we got her a grass fed burger after because that's what she loves. Um, oh. <laughs> also done ozone suppositories on her because when she was younger and she was detoxing, she would say that she was so itchy and I felt so bad for her and oh. huge parasitic symptom and get even if you're pooping regularly you would be surprised how much still backs up in you and then how much toxins you're absorbing okay interesting it's this is also you I mean so cool (laughs) this is also cool I do like I feel I really feel for moms that go through stuff I know they're always you know even with like kids that if you want to call them normal and there's no issues, it's still overwhelming. Yeah, it, it can and, be because you just want the best for your kids and you yeah. just really go to a pediatrician and they tell you, this is what you should do. This is the vaccine schedule. This is how, like, you know, they have all those pamphlets on the walls about your kids and all these things. And it's very overwhelming, especially as a first time mom. And then the more kids you have and the more you learn, you're like, okay, I'm transitioning. I'm not doing all of these Yep. things I did with my first, with my second, with my third. And then you just see so much improvement, the like behavior wise, at least in our, my third baby has a lot of immune issues, but really she went through a lot when she was six months old. She was in the hospital for a month, for a week with um, RSE and bronchiolitis and was on a ton of antibiotics for it. And it was terrible, terrible, terrible. But I think, and I honestly believe that she's still detoxing from all of that, um, that experience. And that's such a blessing that she didn't get her shots because how much worse would it have been if they were constantly injecting her with toxins and suppressing her immune system? They actually told us they were going to treat her differently because she wasn't vaccinated at that point. Wow. Which is just mind blowing to me. I mean, that was the ER doctor. The other doctors did not mention it one time. Um, when we finally got admitted to the room, but the ER doctor, when we first admitted her, that was like one of the first questions. And at that point she was six months old. So none of the vaccines she would have gotten per the schedule would have been helpful to her at that point um, at all. So then that was like one of the first questions they asked within the first five minutes of being in that room. And I was like, no, she's not. And her treatment plan didn't change at all. I mean, they did everything that they would have done regardless. Um, Just crazy because sometimes not in like a talking smack way. And I know just as in any profession, there's awesome doctors and doctors are great for emergency care and they save lives. Yeah. When you, they go through the motions and I don't know. I've met a lot of really great holistic doctors, but I've also had a lot of experiences where 
there were doctors that marketed themselves as holistic. Mm-hmm. We've had some nightmares experiences because they figured, oh, we're going to make like all this money from these people that are the big anti-vaxxing boneheads because that's mm-hmm. what And then you go there and they have you sign this form that's basically putting you at risk for getting your children taken away. And then push comes to shove. If your kid does get sick, I literally had the doctor say to me, this is because of all the anti-vaxxers. And I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) He's like, you know that I don't vaccinate and you said that you don't believe in vaccination, but obviously that's not true. Right. And sometimes you need to look outside the box and if, you know, look at the ingredients, look at the studies and- I don't think any of them have done that. No, I don't think so either. And I think, especially as a parent, people need to be more aware of what's going in their child's body, not just not just vaccines, but lotion, um, baby, like mm-hmm. soap. You know, a lot of people get that like Johnson and Johnson's at baby showers and put that on their kit. That's terrible. It's the first thing you get in the hospital and it has formaldehyde in it. Yeah, it's and yes, and you don't know that as a first time parent, you're just like, Oh, I love that smell. I'm going to put that on my baby and you use it. And then you're like, Oh, what's wrong? Like, why is my kid getting sick all the time? But it's all these things you're putting into your child. I, um, we always supplemented with formula with our kids because I just could not produce enough milk for them. They would nurse around the clock. And I know that there's a lot of stuff, I, uh, a lot more stuff I could have done, but I chose to supplement and I didn't really do any research on types of formula until after, uh, until I was pregnant with our third baby and realized how crappy American formula is. So we actually got formula, like we would order formula online for her. And I think that helped a lot as well with um, Molly's like immune system. Yeah. I do want to talk a little bit about like signs of vaccine injury, because I think, um, parents don't understand that. And not that, like, I'm not judging anybody that vaccinates their child at all. And I, everybody can make their own decision, but I do want people to be educated on it and know the signs. I think too, even some people are educated in their gut telling one way, but it's so scary for them to go against normal. Yeah. I know when I started on this journey of being more clean and natural and not using like Tylenol and Motrin and things. Um, I know at first I was like anxious to give my kids the natural homeopathic like treatment for things. And then I remember thinking and actually texting a friend saying, I don't know why I'm so nervous to give my child this homeopathic pain reliever (laughs) when I would pump them with Motrin. They're like, I it, even uh, there's so many adults with for themselves that I'll go through detox reactions and a detox reaction is not an allergic reaction. It's actually your body going into shock. Like, oh my gosh, there's so many toxins and I need to clear them. And I need to make sure that my liver and my lymph and my bowels and my kidneys are moving and maybe it's getting stuck. So I'm getting a rash or something weird. And I give people that things that are literally made out of food most of the time. They're Mm -hmm. compounded whole food supplements. There's nothing synthetic. They disclose every ingredient, even if it's a little bit of like wheat that's contaminated from the organic farm and people will be like, why is there wheat in this? And it's like, you just put aluminum in your body and didn't blink, but then you're upset that they're actually disclosing every single ingredient that's feeding your cells to repair. Right. But I get it. Like you think... If you do go to Whole Foods even and you spend a lot of money on a vitamin, 
none of those vitamins are regulated. They're not professional supplements. And they can have heavy metals and they can have garbage. So I get people's skepticism because yeah. it's something different. Or even like you said, with the homeopathic, like, oh, gosh, I'm giving a baby a homeopathic. Is this going to hurt them? Homeopathics yeah. are something that signal the ser- cells to repair. I think that vaccine companies actually got the idea of vaccines from homeopathics. You take, there's one remedy called carcinoma, and that's for people that are showing signs of cancer, not necessarily having cancer, but when you take that homeopathic that actually has the energy of cancer, it's the idea that like cures like, just like when we get a measles vaccine, we're getting measles pumped into our body so that we have that immune reaction to hopefully not get measles. That's like the whole point of it. Right. But you can't OD on homeopathics. Your body either uses it or doesn't use it. Mm-hmm. With vaccine reactions, all the things that the doctors will tell you is normal childhood things, those are vaccine reactions. Eczema, that's a vaccine reaction. Chronic ear infections is a vaccine reaction. Them always having acid reflux or constipation, it's because the metals are putting your body into a flare and then your body doesn't work properly. Night terrors, walking on your toes, sensory issues, tantrums way outside something that's normal for terrible too. Um, my daughter's hair wouldn't grow. She wouldn't gain weight. Interesting. So like that failure to thrive or them just not, like they might be following their own curve, but they almost look nutrient depleted, even mm-hmm. being so well. Yeah. All of those things are the vaccines not agreeing with their body and their bo- them screaming for help. Like everyone getting those fibril seizures, those seem to be so common now. What's up with that? Yeah, I've never, I would freak out if my kid had a seizure. <laughs> and, um, and they say it's because of the fever and that it's a normal thing with children. And why is that becoming so normal? Yeah. I, and it's the brain having inflammation from the fever and a lot of the vaccine ingredients cause brain inflammation. That's so scary. That's so scary to think that your child, like you're choosing to put this into your child, thinking you're protecting them, but you're really hurting them. And like some doctors will even say, Hey, I believe in the tetanus, and the polio and like another one, like I know there's a clinic out near here and they recommend three vaccines, but they'll let you not do it. But then you have to sign the paper saying that you're putting your children and other children at risk. Yeah. And then there's other people that really are like, there's really not one safe, proven and effective vaccine. The one guy, Dr. Sears, who everyone says is a nut job. And he was the first one that tried to debunk vaccines and talk about the growing autism epidemic mm-hmm. he swears that the one of the ones that actually is the most effective because most of them don't even really work uh is mmr but he said that's also one of the most deadly for injury and children having sids like sids rates went down when well visits went down during covid i remember seeing that statistic i think that's really interesting i always worried about my kids sleeping and would not sleep when I had newborns. And then I ended up co-sleeping, which helped me sleep. But um, when I learned that SIDS was part of like correlated with vaccines, I was like, Oh my goodness, that's really scary. I would be 
so upset if I lost my child after they got a vaccine that I thought was going to save their life. Yeah. And there's a lot of moms and there's these groups and it's called listen to the mothers. And, you know, a lot of people get a reputation that you're a whack job if you don't. Yeah. Yeah, like, there's a lot of judgment around not vaxxing. All or... whack jobs like me, they had things that they saw with their own eyes. Mm-hmm. And they did their research and they read every ingredient and they read all the trials. They didn't just go to their doctor saying, hey, I know this woman's saying that you can get hurt by vaccines. And then the doctor say, no, absolutely not. All that's been debunked. Here, let's do it. And then they say, okay. And then they want to pump these babies with like three vaccines when they go get their shots and wondering why there's delays and sickness. And I know with our first, we saw he was sick all the time, um, all the time. He was a C-section, he was a C-section baby. So he had all the common things that C-section babies had asthma. He has speech problem. He, um, Never was like delayed growth or anything, but then on top of that had the vaccine like symptoms. So I'm so glad that we've learned about this and that people like you are bringing this to parents' attention. I love that new um, Robert Kennedy Jr. Joe Rogan podcast because. Oh, I heard about this. I have to listen yeah. to that. Only got 30 minutes in because it's hard to listen to three hours, but yeah. I'll keep listening to it. Um, My cousin listened to it, and he's a man, and a lot of men, I feel like, are usually more skeptical about not vaccinating. Like, a lot of times, yes. the wife seems to say it first, and then the husband's like, yeah, I don't know about that. And he, him and I were texting, and he said, well, RFK's always kind of been, like, someone who got a reputation as being an odd duck but he said every single thing he said had all the sources to back it up was so legit totally well thought out and he said the fact that no one's willing to debate him puts a red flag in his mind that yeah everything he's saying is true I can't wait to hear the whole thing we started listening to it the other day and I was like oh my gosh yeah I know and I it makes you rethink so much you've learned, especially as I think people our age who were born with a lot of these vaccines, like as kids, because our parents' generation, they didn't have some of them and they weren't raised with with them going through their system either. So it's really interesting. I Part think. of my whole Lyme thing and me being so sick with my second baby, when I was going through muscle testing myself and finding out the root cause of all my symptoms, one of the first things that I had to deal with was metals because my aluminum and mercury was through the roof. And not just from muscle testing, but I had that confirmed when I went to a biological dentist. And one of the routine things was they put this straw in your mouth and they test the mercury gases in your mouth because one of their specialties and where they make a lot of money is replacing mercury fillings safely. Mm. no mercury fillings. I have no caps in my mouth and my mercury gases were through the roof. And they said, Oh my gosh, how many fillings do you have? And I said, I told you, I don't have any. I said, but I do come up with my functional practitioner that I have tons of mercury. And even the functional dentist kind of laughed me off like, yeah, okay, whatever. But I did a huge detox for metals where I literally felt like my head was on fire. Um, and then went back to the during the detox. Oh yeah. It was 
like it was rough. And if I see, that's what scares me about detoxing is the symptoms of the detoxing. And honestly, I get it. Like if I hadn't had full faith and if I wasn't on like my last leg of healing, it probably would have freaked me out. But I was like, whatever. Like it's part of it. You knew yeah, you it knew that it, it was part of it. I, I remember my mom coming in and putting like rags on my head and my husband being like, You good? And I was like, No, I'm not good. But if you think about I, it, it's like um if you're detoxing from smoking, drinking, yeah, sugar, anything like that isn't something that you can't see. Like I think we ignore it a lot because it's not something we can physically see. Like you can't see a parasite yes. or your inflammation well, when inside they your body. People get really excited when they come out because they're like, oh, wow, you're not nuts. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, I'm not okay. I, <laughs> yeah. I would need like help if I was doing a detox <laughs> that I would need to start small, maybe with a foot bath. You need to do it's that's our social media. Like there's so many great things about social media, mm-hmm. but all these people, especially on TikTok that are making it seem like you can go get a parasite cleanse by yourself, no matter who you are for you and your family and same thing with all those TRS and that metal detox stuff. And okay. Are your liver pathways open? Are your bowel pathways open? Are your kidneys? Do you have a binder? Do you have drainage? Like, does your body even want to address that? How, what is your eating like? Are you, are you eating super inflammatory? And I get that people want to save the money by not working with practitioner, but a lot of that is that's where, people like me probably get a bad name because that's not safe. You need to, and a lot of times it's not legit and you don't even know if the ingredients are good. Yeah, that would, yeah, I definitely would not do that without support. I, I think you're hundred percent there. Don't just go spend money on this and think that you can do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, can you talk a little bit about what that nutrition response testing looks like? The muscle testing that you sure. do? Well, like I said, uh, that cousin that I was talking to with, Joe Rogan, I muscle test him and he calls me Harry Potter, but <laughs> it is all very scientific. So a lot of chiropractors are actually training applied kinesiology and they do different forms of muscle testing. And this muscle testing was designed by a chiropractor called Dr. Yulin. Mm-hmm. He will, he found Chinese medicine meridians that correlate to different organs and different things going in on in your autonomic nervous system to figure out a very specific form of muscle testing so that we know exactly what to start with. And if your nervous system's in fight or flight, if your nerve, the muscle testing, because it's for the autonomic nervous system, it's super specific. Mm-hmm. It tell what your body needs to address first. When a client comes in, I will apply pressure to their arm and I'll ask them to match my pressure. And then I will touch a certain Chinese medicine meridian to make sure that they're using the right amount of pressure and we'll practice it until they are so that we get accurate results. And then I actually pulse their muscle to see how much stress their body is under. And some people are like, I don't understand. How could an arm be telling you that? Well, if we had hypothermia, our appendages struggle first. And that's because our body conserves all the heat and energy for our internal organs because they're more important. When we're under a lot of stress, if there's pressure applied to an appendage, the appendage won't stay up because our body's so smart and it's reserving all the energy for the inside. Mm. And then once I find out how much stress they're under, then I figure out why they're under stress and I have these muscle testing kits. And they have the smallest molecules and the largest molecules 
of all the stressors that we run into daily. So food intolerances, chemicals, metals, scars, and immune challenges like parasites. And that, scars, wow. Yeah, scars. So that's like huge. I've been trying to explain that to people more. I just had a woman come in who had a lot of brain surgeries and she's loaded with scars and your nervous system's made up of tons of nerve fibers. And if you think of it like an electrical circuit breaker, mm-hmm. if the wires are cut and put electrical tape on top. Like, yeah, it might work, but it's not working optimally. Mm-hmm. When we have C-sections, especially that is huge with women having like postpartum depression, postpartum anxiety, because they're cutting through that midline. They're making a huge scar cutting through nerve fibers and then there can be a ricochet effect where that can cause other organs to not work in harmony. So a lot of times women with C-section scars might not have an optimally working thyroid. Mm, interesting. Yeah. So we test for all those. We test to see if you're healing stuck. So if you're healing stuck, how are you ever going to keep feeling better? And if someone's right. feeling stuck because they're continuously eating soy, you can take all the supplements you want. But if you're still eating soy, you're not going to heal. Right. And then there's a Chinese medicine meridian to see if you're in fight or flight. And once again, if you're in fight or flight, how are you going to heal? So then we figure out why you're in fight or flight. And then that's how someone gets an individualized nutrition program to really start feeling better. Wow. That sounds like exactly what everybody needs to come see you for. (laughs) Everybody (laughs) needs to come see you and get treated and get help so they can feel better. It's so cool because – Obviously, there's so many ways to work with a person just knowing how the body works, uh, how medications that they've been on could make them not feel well. But the muscle testing takes all the guesswork out of it. When Sometimes someone will talk to me and I'll think, oh, God, they're de- they definitely have fungus. And then it turns out it's not a fungus, it's a bacteria. And that's so cool because then they have the exact supplement that they need. That's so cool. Um. We are nearing the end of our time today, sadly, but um, I have two more things I want to touch on. Um, One thing is, um, do you have a favorite story about someone that you've helped? Yeah, one of my favorite stories is a woman who had very similar struggles that I did. She was a mom. She has two kids around the same ages as mine, and she had such debilitating pain that started with her second pregnancy, that she actually got her gallbladder taken out while pregnant. Wow. And then after she got her gallbladder taken out, she still had the horrible pain because that wasn't the root cause. She had- That's so frustrating. I felt so bad. And and her husband's so sweet and supportive. And she, like everything I could commiserate with her where she's like, I just want to get through the day. And I feel like I'm not living my life to the fullest. And I'm always in pain and nothing I eat is- I feel good. Well, she had a huge parasitic load. She was a dream client. Anything I suggested to her, and she's even in the medical field, but she's holistic. And okay, that's good. Yeah, she did everything. I was like, will you do a coffee enema? She did a coffee enema. I gave her a horrible diet. She did the diet. She did the supplements. And she was passing parasites like crazy. And the other day I saw her and she said, you know, her supplement program is so much smaller she could go out and eat pizza with her husband, which I would never recommend to eat that, but she could eat it <laughs> in pain. Like she can actually live her life and just feel amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Go ahead. 
I think that's so cool that you can help people through, through things like that without, you know, surgery, without tons of medicine and just get people's pain in check. Because I think we were, when we talked originally, we were like, people don't have to live this way and they don't realize they don't have to live this way. Yeah, absolutely. It's sad that people think, oh yeah, I should have a headache every week and take medicine. You shouldn't live like that. No, no, it's not fair. Um, another thing is um, a little bit about hormones. Oh. What are what are some of your favorite tips for people that assume that they're struggling with their hormones? Well, not <laughs> dead horse, but that all starts in the liver. So that coffee enema would be great. <laughs> also, so everybody that is listening <laughs> to this, you all need to go get a coffee enema. <laughs> Yes. And I have lots of stuff on my, I can send you instructions, everything. (laughs) I mean, obviously not if you're on any medication that thins the colon lining, all that, like it's not medical advice, but yeah, I would start with that. Do your research, but. Um, Castor oil packs are really easy. Those also help with the liver. I love the queen of thrones one because it's easy. You just wrap it on. I've worn mine to church. Like I wore one of my sweatshirts or my sweaters and I had a castor oil pack on and you can't even tell. Um, your diet is so, so important. I, if you're having hormone dysfunction, it doesn't mean you need to eat like this forever, but eliminating grains makes a huge difference. Okay. And then things that people don't realize and that is so easy and doesn't cost anything is you need to sleep eight to 10 hours. You need to stop looking at your phone before bed, especially if you're not wearing blue light glasses. Like you should go to bed when the sun goes down. You should wake up when the sun comes up. You should look at sunlight before you look at blue light. Those are such easy things. And that's really the very first place to start when it comes to hormones. Stress is the next thing, but that's obviously harder. I like to make a list of everything that stresses me out and then circle the things that I can control and then work on all the things I can control and that will make your stress go down and then Mm -hmm. hormones will function. Perfect. Yep. Um, I did see something on your Instagram a few weeks ago about, maybe it was a little longer than a few weeks ago, um, about your phone and how you put it on airplane mode. I think I saw. Yes. I never go to bed. Well, first off, my phone goes on airplane mode at like eight o'clock. I'm like a grandmom and I like sleep. So good for, that's really good. (laughs) Yeah. I like sleep too. I just, it's great. Struggle (laughs) with it with my kids. (laughs) And that's another reason I like it so much because it's so hard to get. And I do still wake in the middle of the night with my youngest. So right at eight o'clock, I put my phone on airplane mode. Um, I try not even with it on airplane mode. I don't like it on my nightstand. Everyone sleeps with their phone on their nightstand next to their head or under their pillow. And it's literally radiating your brain like a microwave. Um, we actually had a family friend that that's a terrible image. Yeah. Yeah. I like think about that when you have that phone next to you. Yeah. Sometimes put it across the room, which sucks because I do hit snooze when I wake up, but no matter what, it's on airplane mode. There's even links with doctors recognizing it. Like we had a family friend who owned his own business and would keep cell phones, literally two cell phones strapped to his back right over his kidneys. And he got diagnosed with kidney cancer. Oh gosh. And they were like, Hey, where, where do you keep your cell phone? He's like on my back. And then think about all the guys that keep the cell phones in their pocket, just raising Mm -hmm. their sperm count. Like, yeah. EMF is huge. Yeah. 
I thought that that was a really good idea because you can still get phone calls and texts and stuff. It's just, you're not getting them from people that aren't like iPhone users. And then, yeah, well, um, you have guys that I see that have emergency work. They can't keep it on airplane mode because they'll like, they'll come through. It's not like your phone's off, but you won't, right. you won't hear any of it. So I just say, Hey, can you at least sleep with it across the room instead of by your head? Yeah, that's a good point. I always sleep with it right by my head, too, because I just do. I never thought of it, but now I will, and I will put it on airplane mode as well. Awesome. No one needs to get me in the middle of the night. No, exactly. <laughs> it's nothing important, and then you'll get more caught up on things. Like, sometimes that's when, like, some of my friends will reach out to me because they stay up later or they'll send me Instagram things, and then I'll wind up getting sucked into my phone instead of spending time with my husband or reading a book or chilling yeah. because all of that blue light, messes with all of your circadian rhythms which once again is where your hormones start and then you get all wired and then your liver doesn't dump when it's supposed to and then you're not detoxing and rebuilding and repairing and it's like this vicious cycle I did notice especially postpartum that when I would sleep more I would actually like lose weight I could function better I could think more like just everything seemed to work way more optimally when I would get more sleep even if it Even when you have a newborn and you're only sleeping two to three hours at a time, if I would just get an extra hour, it would would change everything. It really does, and it stinks because when people – my husband really telling me about sleep because when my hormones did go wonky and then my blood was showing inflammation because of no sleep, he's like, we just have to sleep more. And I was like, it's physically impossible. I'm up with the baby. And it's hard like that or out of your control. And that's why I tell – people to make a list and it is only a season and don't let it mess with you but whatever you can do even if it's naps during the day rather than sleeping at night just try to get that rest in instead of pushing through and drinking coffee which is what I was doing and it yeah. really doesn't help on me yeah yeah it does not help you definitely need to get that rest in, even if you can't sleep during the day if you can just rest your body and your mind mm-hmm. um Okay, so what's one thing that you want to leave moms with today? That anything you do is great and that no one's going to be a better mom than you to your babies. And we all learn through experiences and we shouldn't regret decisions that we made. Like sometimes I get so upset about the vaccines that my first baby got, but she's resilient, thank God. And because of her, her sisters didn't get any. So everything is a learning experience. And just like how, when I went through pain, that helped me help other people not go. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thank you so much for everything today, Abby. I learned a lot. I know everyone else is going to learn a lot. I will link your website, your Instagram, and um, the queen of thrones at the bottom, your link for the queen of thrones at the bottom. And, um, I can put a link down to your your resources for coffee enemas on your – I think you have them on your Instagram too. I might. And I also have like if people email me, I can send them instructions too. Okay. And I'll, so then I'll include your contact information too in the show notes. Thanks so much, Emily. I hope you have yeah. a good weekend. This was so fun. Thank you so much. I hope you have a good weekend too. Thank you. Bye. 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 
Thanks so much for listening. If this content resonated with you, please share it on your social media, share it with a friend and let me know what you think. If you tag me on Instagram and give me a review, I will maybe call you out in the next episode. Thank you so much and have an awesome, awesome day, mama. Bye.